But I would get <laughs> I would get Tim Allen on board so you could license to use his uh, 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 caveman grunt, if you will, from he's, he's very famous for. Because that and should, you, uh, that should be the noise. A, we do need a new mnemonic. I was actually thinking about that a couple of weekends ago, and I'm like, we need a mnemonic. All good brands have a mnemonic, so that would be funny. I bet you Tim would do it because he loves fast and, right. and cool. I'm Chris, and I've had the opportunity to meet Jim Morrison, head of Jeep North America, twice now. I'm Tony, and I've never met Jim Morrison of Jeep North America, and Chris, you're a bastard. You know who else I've met twice is uh, Sean Marks from America's Most Wanted. Oh, our interview uh, E this uh, this episode. Okay, well I've never met him either, and you're still a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, it's almost been a week ago, but uh, let's talk about the Detroit Snow Fest that you attended last Saturday. Yes, it was uh, turned out to be a bit of a mud fest, but uh, you can't predict Mother <laughs> Nature, especially in the great state of uh, Michigan. It was a it was a, a proper guess though this time of year for Detroit, right? That there would be snow. I mean, it's not. It wasn't unlikely that uh, that there. It wasn't likely that there would be no snow. Correct. 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 If you're going for, I mean, no snow in November can't happen uh, often, but January, February, you're pretty much guaranteed. But uh, not on the day they had snow fest. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show with Wimby. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. So, Chris, you, correct me on this if I'm wrong, but uh, we talked uh, on Saturday while you were out there at the Detroit Detroit Snowfest at, uh, what is it, Holly Oaks uh, ORV? Oh, yes. tell me something really quick. I've never understood this. Uh, ORV, what is that? Is that a northerner thing? I don't know what the ORV part, uh, part is. And uh, is that some sort of uh, uh, Canadian type thing that goes on up there? Or what's that name? What is the ORV? It's off-road vehicle. So, and at least in the state of Michigan, it's it's ORV trails, and there's designated for uh, bikes and side by sides. Basically, base, two basic dimensions, but ORV off-road vehicle. And instead of BLM uh, in Michigan, we have DNR Department of Natural Resources. So DNR ORV uh, park or or trail. So uh, Tolly Oaks is designated as an ORV park. Ah. I see. I see. Well, it makes lots more sense now. All right. Well, cool. So uh, you were you were saying about going out there to a mud fest. Was it how bad was it? It uh, progressively got uh, better or worse depending on your uh, appetite for mud. But uh, it was uh, in the uh, the 30s. There was a little freezing rain initially. Thought it was going to get real sketchy, but it warmed up just enough to turn it into mud. And uh, there was a, a tremendous turnout from folks. Uh, they I know talking to. Uh, uh, for Fest events, Tom Zielinski and his team, they had over 500 pre-registered vehicles uh, for the event. And uh, it seemed like most all of them showed up, also had some uh, some walk-ins, if you will. And, of course, that's that, vehicles, but but, yes. but not all vehicles were going to have one person in them. So that was a big crowd that was out there. Yes, it was. It was a good event, uh, well-organized, as, as uh, Four Fest events always does. Lunch was included with cost of admission, oh, and it was really? a, a set price per vehicle, so as many people as you could safely uh, strap into your vehicle could come in. <laughs> they strap had, uh, in or strap uh, on. And, and uh, pop, as we say in the Midwest, uh, somewhere in the other parts of the country say soda, but we say pop here in the Midwest, so uh, pizza and pop, uh, coffee and donuts in the morning, so just a 
really fun event and um it uh it got progressively like i said better or worse in the mud uh just because it was wet and uh, the more vehicles just uh, started to get into the terrain but uh all around good fun uh saw some folks stuck um the only carnage was a side-by-side -side that flopped over that i saw about uh, that oh now uh, come on you saw a, a ford bronco towing another ford bronco that had uh, taken damage out there didn't you Yes, yes, that was that was neat. And, <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that, but but real quick, well, the, the, I remember the thing I was uh, what I was going to say was, and I, I may be wrong at what you said, but I, I re it reminded me of the the movie, the Kurt Russell movie, Used Cars, because one of the premises of that, and I'll, I'll just tell people spoiler alert from a movie thirty from thirty years ago. <laughs> one of the premises in the movie was they were going to shut down the used car dealership from across the street from the one that was trying to uh, uh, it was just a thorn in this guy's side and uh, they messed with the uh, the commercial video and the owner of that uh, used car lot said that they had a mile of cars so they you know you come out and, and purchase from this mile of cars that we have and and they had to get go to Mexico and get a bunch of cars and bring them back and get them into the parking lot so they'd have a mile's worth of cars. You told me there was a mile of cars waiting to get into the park. Did I did I hear you correctly? Yes, that is correct. Yes, over. Correct. I think it was over a mile too. Yeah, just just over a mile. So it was quite a quite a traffic jam to get in. They had local news coverage, and uh, so I heard did hear some folks say, "Hey, they saw it on the news in the morning, and they just wanted to get out," which was awesome oh, for for the event for the park because it, it wasn't the ideal day for wheeling in as much as it wasn't 72 degrees sunny and and, and, and a nice day but uh, it was it was really neat and i uh, saw some unique vehicles I, I i'm sure i shared some photos uh saw what looked to be a, a older bmw 5 series but it was obviously on probably a chevrolet chassis uh, uh banging around but also saw a porsche 944 so the uh <laughs> the much maligned porsche 944 with a front engine but uh, he was out there getting after it had the gopro strapped to it and uh, it was uh interesting to watch but a lot of jeeps uh there were unfortunately a couple broncos here and there but i didn't, <laughs> didn't see a jeep on a strap i saw the bronco uh i saw two broncos uh that were on a strap uh throughout the day now you actually were a a Jeep delivery service or a, even a Jeep talk show delivery service, uh, getting a a certain individual out there to the park. Who, who did you uh, give a ride out there to? I gave a ride to one of our uh, friends of the show, uh, Julianne from Wrangleher. Uh, so her Jeep was uh, in uh, um, in a, a state of repair in the morning. So uh, we got out there and uh, she was able to retrieve her Jeep, which was near Hollyoaks, uh, out at the folks at Sprintex. Uh, superchargers and uh so she uh we got her out there and then uh, we got her over to her jeep and uh yeah it was uh good good times and um i know i, I think i shared some of those pictures and videos uh, mm -hmm. of uh, her jeep getting after it on the on the many obstacles they have at holly oaks so uh and you also met another uh, friend of the show uh while uh, that that morning i believe who who was that that uh, uh you actually sent me a picture of uh, uh, julianne uh and uh, the other individual that i'm talking about Greg Henderson, unofficial use only. So Greg, Greg was out there with his, uh, with his. Uh, well, we'll call it a Jeep, but his heavily modified Roxor. Sure looks like a Jeep. Mm -hmm. Mahindra Roxor, and uh, yeah, very modified. Uh, did he was did it have a top on it, or did he go out there all uh, all alfresco or topless? It was alfresco, but uh, he did he did trailer it there. So oh, I okay. Mean, yeah, it was just a little too cold. 
Uh, he uh, said, I teased him a bit, but I, I get it. It wasn't a great, <laughs> great weather day. No, I, when you said uh, when you said he brought his rock story out there, I was really surprised because I, I know even though there wasn't uh, much snow, it was still very cold. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, l- a little later, uh, I guess or closer around two o'clock or so, you uh, got to meet uh, uh, some other folks. I mean, did you? Uh, I know Tom is really busy in those things. Did you? Did you see Tom at all? Yeah, I got a chance to to say hey to Tom and. Uh, um I talked to him for just a bit, but yeah, he was uh, running around uh, managing the event, making sure everybody had something to eat and uh, everybody could uh, find their way out on the trail. But I did get a chance to spend some time with Tom and uh, got a chance to uh, meet uh, my second meeting with uh, with Jim Morrison and uh, got him one of the uh, exclusive uh, Jeep talk show hats that are not for sale, but uh, obviously the hosts and some of the Jeep team members and friends of the show have. So Yeah, well, uh, you certainly uh, were wearing one. And uh, actually, the hat that you provided uh, to Jim, uh, and of course, we mentioned at the top of the show, Jim, uh, head of uh, Jeep North America, uh, out there at the event, uh, working with Tom. Uh, I think this event was even uh, 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 sponsored by Jeep, at least in part. And uh, so it was It was great seeing that picture. And I'm, I'm still just amazed that... Uh, uh, Jim was a, a great sport and was willing to take a selfie with you wearing the Jeep Talk Show hat. Yeah, that was that was really cool. That was really cool. We took a selfie in front of his uh, 4xE Wrangler, which uh, was on 35s and uh, had some, uh, as Jim said in his presentation, some things hidden in plain sight uh, uh, that are going to be available or may be available from Jeep. So they're, they're continuing to improve the product in the Wrangler. And uh, it was neat. Uh, Jim had his hat on and he got a photo of one of the uh, two Broncos that came in on the strap, and I uh, he said he's going to make that a screensaver <laughs> for the office. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Love that competition, though. We all win uh, because uh, we have individuals, and and, and I'll just call call them uh, not jeepers or not serious jeepers if they're buying a Bronco, uh, and it's fine. You should be able to buy and, and drive whatever you want. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's a great competition, and I think it makes. Uh, uh, it makes Jeep better whenever they have good competition. Absolutely. And we as the consumers always win when that happens. And uh, it gives Jim something to do, run around and take pictures with uh, <laughs> of, of uh, uh, engineering situations, uh, lacking engineering situations. Was it uh, yes. the two same model Broncos, uh, Chris? I think you told me it was two different uh, model Broncos, which is confusing, I think, to the folks. Well, it was, uh, so it was a, Four-door towing a two-door, the newer Bronco, both both new within the last year or two, uh, but a, a four-door towing a two-door, and, and when I say on a strap, and it, it's what it is, they were in the parking area, so that, that stranded Bronco was not under its own power. Uh, the other pair that I saw was on a hill. Uh, he had them on a strap trying to get them up a hill, and <laughs> uh, I didn't see the outcome of it. I, I carried on uh, throughout the park uh, in my Jeep, which didn't need a strap all day. Um but uh, so yeah, that that one was definitely DOA. Uh, the lights were on it, but uh, there was uh, nobody, nobody home. home. For sure, <laughs> lights were on, but nobody was home. Uh, well, that's great. So, uh, oh, I, I didn't ask earlier uh, who provided the pizza. Was there a pizza box there or something? Was it Domino's? Was it Papa John's? I may I may be saying uh, people that, or companies that you don't have up there. I don't know. Uh, no, we have Domino's, Pop John's. They had Jets. They had a couple varieties. Jets pizza. I don't know if you have Jets down nope. there, but that's a, a Midwest a staple. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just had, an, and they did a great job provide more. They said, Hey, round, round two of pizzas here. And, uh, wow. a nice war- had a nice warming tent and everything. And it was just, uh, 
really, really great event. I mean, where can you go for uh, you know a couple bucks and bring as many people as you can, get fed, get get pops and sodas, and uh, just have a, a, a great day. They had the vendors. Uh, Joseph from Maximus Three was out there. Uh, the folks from uh, Jeep. They did have a uh, the four by E. They had the you could register um, to uh, win a, a credit uh, for a hundred thousand dollars towards any Stellantis vehicle. So. Uh, that that was cool. I'm that, sure I won't win, but we'll see. Yeah, that would be hell a hell of a da- down payment for a Grand Wagoneer. Uh, just yes, a hundred thousand dollars off. It would only be like another eighty thousand that you'd have to finance. I, I'm sure. I'm joking. I think that's a <laughs> what are they around? Uh, I don't know if you've priced one or not or remember, but what is it like one one ten one twenty? I think those things are. My yeah, it's, God, it's, what a thing that would be. That would be scary to drive around because I'd be afraid something was going to happen to it. Yeah, yes, Josh's report on the show. I do believe you're correct. The the Grand Wagoneer starts about one ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Wagoneer is eighty ish, but a beautiful vehicle. I've not oh, had God. a chance to yeah. ride in one, but I've sat in beautiful, beautiful vehicle. Oh, it really is. It, definitely a, a a luxury SUV. It'll be interesting whenever they come out with a electric version, right? I think I'll have to have a, a turbo generator or something to. To charge it up because the the battery capacity it'll it'll need to have. <laughs> Absolutely. From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. How to neighbor? It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty ho, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and tonight we're going to be talking with Sean, uh, and, and somebody's joined us here late, I'm going to let him introduce himself, but uh, Sean leads marketing for America's Most Wanted 4x4. He's an avid off-roader and owns a 2013 JK and a 1997 TJ, oh God bless you, I love TJs. Uh, <laughs> he and his uh, son Jake wheel uh, all over the Midwest, Sean's been in the aftermarket for seven years, and previously was the EVP of marketing for Truck Hero. So, uh, Jared, introduce yourself for us, because I got Sean's stuff here, but uh, you, you kind of jumped in here. We're happy to have you uh, join in with us. Uh, we don't do very many uh, uh, two-people interviews. In fact, the last two, two-person interview we did was uh, uh, Tom Zielinski at Four Fest Events and uh, Jim Morrison with Jeep. Nice. Yeah. So, my, so my name is Jared Pettiprin. I'm uh, one of the owners of America's Most Wanted Four by Four. America's Most Wanted Four by Four has a few different uh, business models it's focused on. Uh, first and foremost is um, the uh, conversions and uh, building building conversion packages, building vehicles, and um, uh, we have a Mopar distribution and a uh, a vehicle dealership. So we sell, we sell vehicles, which are 99.9% Jeep. And, uh, we, we, we start with, um, you know, new Jeeps and, and do the conversions on them. Um, we also have, uh, 44 certified dealers. So those are companies that have bought into uh, America's most wanted four by four, and have uh, flown into Michigan uh, and spent the week with us training uh, and getting certified uh, to to install our products, and um, and then we do retail as well. So very good. And I want to mention this really quick because I skipped over it because uh, I like our listeners 
to uh, be able to have the uh, the website that they can go to and can kind of follow along from your website. And that's uh, amw4x4.com. So America's most wanted 4x4.com. amw4x4.com. All right. So now everybody's on the same page. So uh, who wants to go first? Should I should I go with you first, Sean? I mean, you're the marketing guy, right? Yeah, I can start. I can do that for sure. <laughs> so uh, first off, let's. Uh, you're in the Midwest. Uh, where about in the Midwest are you? So we are in Holly, Michigan. So outside uh, the Motor City. So about an hour outside Northwest. Okay, good. And uh, that. <laughs> how is the TJ holding up in that kind of uh, salty environment? Is it doing okay? <laughs> We baby this TJ. It's got a garage parking, so my F one fifties, my F one fifties sitting outside. So we uh, that is uh, we just baby it and take it off road pretty much now. So yeah, my so son's off at college, so he's no longer his daily driver. So you don't drive it in the snow and the salt is what you're saying. We'll drive it in the snow, but it'll be off off road. So gotcha. we'll try to keep it off the road, away the from salt. that nasty salt. Good, good, good. very Correct. good. All right, so the. Um, now uh, you drive the the the, the F-150 daily but uh, how often do you get out with uh, with the Jeeps not as much as I'd like but um, I'd say we, we're wheeling once a you know once a month you know somewhere around oh, here nice. um, actually I met Jared through a really good friend a mutual friend of his and um, he is he only has about seven or eight Jeeps in his <laughs> in his driveway in his garage that he's working on any point in time and so um, he went to high school with my my brother-in-law, and we are great friends, and we uh, wheel all over the Midwest together. Um, and then, you know, I try to get out. Uh, I try to get out as west out west as much as possible. So, um, Easter Jeep Safari is is always on our on our list to get out there at some some form or fashion. So, I get the feeling that the JK is the one that you primarily drive, and the TJ was your son, uh, the one he would drive. It was, it was. And so I uh, initially had a 2010 JK that Jake was also driving and he had his first accident in that one, which totaled it. Oh, no. um, everybody was fine and it wasn't his fault, but that led me to get to a 2013 and do a little upgrade, get a little better engine in it. And I started building it from there. Very good. So this is probably going to be the most uh, uh, the most important question I a ask you in this interview. What color is the 2013 Jeep? It is a very beautiful orange. I'm sorry. The correct answer should be red because everybody knows <laughs> Jeeps should be red. <laughs> the TJ is red. The TJ is red. So we at least got one. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that to Jared. He already knows to, what to say. <laughs> I'm sure I got at least one red one. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a limited number of colors, so one of them has yeah. to has to be right, yeah. right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I've owned several red. <laughs> yeah. Uh my wife's uh, TJ is red and my uh XJ is red and my gladiator is red and the uh, the daughters they do not have red jeeps uh, but you know you you do you do what you can right <laughs> that's right. awesome so tell me a little something about America's most wanted it, to me from the website it looks like you guys are into building things that go really fast on the road that's right so 
Jared and the team there, they drop crazy big engines into vehicles, Jeeps, JLs, JTs, you know, JKs that need a little more horsepower. Um, and so they're very much a, um, you know, an upfitter, um, performance upfitter, but they're also craftsmen. To, uh, if you ever get a chance to drive one of these, what Jared does with the axles and suspension and how it's all tuned, you think you were driving a performance race car. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the folks that are buying these, um, they once they get driving and they start driving them, and, and a lot of them do drive them as a daily driver, uh, it's their favorite vehicle. And it's one that they take out of their stable because uh, they're not they're not inexpensive. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, <laughs> and they shouldn't be with as much uh, horsepower and work that goes into this. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so the um, first and foremost, uh, the the guys um, that started the company with me um, and I are our background is is foundation building you know we came you know we've come from the um off-road sector uh i'm 46 now i've been involved in uh building jeeps and very passionate about jeeps for a little over 31 years now um i got my first jeep when i was 15 i'm now uh so i guess 31 years and um and that's when i be you know became obsessed with refining um every aspect of the jeep um there's two things i've been obsessed with in my life jeeps and legos but nobody will pay me to build their legos <laughs> <laughs> so, um but so that, but that uh, doesn't stop but, you from making legos go fast i mean i'm thinking of a railgun <laughs> configuration or something yeah yeah <laughs> so so the 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 secret sauce is the foundation and once you know once we we got the foundation dialed in to where the jeep runs extremely smooth and there's virtually a, a zero body roll on road and um in the steering and the braking and everything dialed in you know what what was left was the uh, horsepower you know and um so uh my first jeep was a was a v8 uh 304 three speed uh no it wasn't red it was black <laughs> <laughs> but uh um that got the itch going so thankfully it being the first jeep i had was a v8 that you know it kind of ruined you oh yes. um, yeah yeah <laughs> um so the four liters are awesome i love the four liters but once once you've had a v8 you will not want to go back to a four four liter you know an inline six sure um so once we once we uh got the foundation squared away you know we started honing in our skills on the v8s and then that started um back as far back as to, uh 2003 2004 uh when the hemi when the gen 3 hemi dropped in the ram the in 2003 and um and shortly after that it started hitting in the challengers the grand cherokees and uh, um and we've been right there at the forefront of that since the very beginning it's come light years light years since since then but uh um i i never turned my back to the off-road community because that's where my heart is and um it, i wished i had more time to to 
to be out four wheeling. Um, that's definitely how I cleanse my soul for sure. At least one of the ways. Um, but, uh, we, we are very proud of the daily drivers that we're building that are, um, built to be beaten and taken off road and perform exceptionally off well off road, but they also, uh, perform exceptionally well in every aspect of the, um, automotive, uh, you know, car culture, uh, aftermarket and, uh, any, pretty much anywhere where you drop it in, in, whether it's a car show, uh, the drag track, the sand dunes, Rubicon trail, Moab, daily driver, driver, you know, to the ice cream store, wherever you may take it. Um, it, it we've tried to hit every aspect of the automotive, automotive enthusiast, including the collectors. I and mean, we've got customers that have three of our vehicles now. So, um, it's been a very rewarding, uh, journey like monster process uh process of evolution uh, uh has been it's been it's been crazy so that's kind of that in a nutshell so let me ask you this um did you have any problems at at the start of making this uh a long lasting conversion because i can see you know when you go and you change a lot of the engineering and the weight distribution on the the the, the frame of the jeep that you could want what is it unintended, unintended consequences can, can occur? So um, going back uh, to the very beginning, the, um, the very first two Hemi conversions I sold, I sold those uh, in 2004 and they were, um, they were on the road by the end of 2006. Um, so it was a long R&D pr pr process from when we first started, mm -hmm. but those two vehicles, the, the same customer still own those two vehicles and they still have the original junkyard engines in them that we put in them. So in terms of them being reliable, they're very reliable. You know, it's um, uh, the performance and sanding the edges on um, shifting and the way the engine runs has come very, very, um, uh, it's come so far. So but going back to the very first two, they're still on the road. The customers still enjoy them. One is a trailer queen. The other one has been four wheel. That's probably got more miles. I got a 50,000 miles on it and just off road only because he uses it that much off road. Um, so it, it's, it's a very reliable uh, investment and it's a very rewarding investment. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm almost certain that the ones that you have now are, are very reliable, but you know, you learn things along the way, but I get the feeling uh, you didn't start off uh, with uh, uh, shoehorning uh, Hemis into Jeeps. You must've been doing something along these lines well before this. Um, yeah. So initially, um, you know, when I got out of school, I went to, to work in construction, and in 1999, um, in Michigan, it, the weather um, gets pretty bad. So, <laughs> you know, you get some time off in construction, and I started going to some auctions for um, for something to do, as as because I was wasn't working, and uh, I started buying and peddling jeeps, um, selling parts off of them, and and re rebuilding uh wrecked jeeps you know stolen recovery jeeps flooded jeeps just for fun just to feed my my hunger for the uh, and this industry didn't really exist back then mm -hmm. um it, so 
I realized that I could, I started realizing that I was making as much, if not more, um, playing with these Jeeps and going to the auctions. And it was an adrenaline rush, you right. know, going and bidding <laughs> on things and at auction and just what, what can we, what can we buy today and what kind of deal can we get on it? And I decided not to go back to construction, even though I loved that. And um, so since 1999, I've been self-employed. And, um, it, uh, it, it's, I didn't know it was going to, I start, I leaned more towards the used Jeep sales aspect of it. And at one time I had as, as many as 40 to 70 used Jeeps for sale at, at a time, at a time. Goodness. And yeah. And, and, uh, I was flying down to Lancaster, Pennsylvania twice a month and buying up um, this was back in 2001 to, you know, 2006 range. And I was buying up every, uh, used Jeep I could get my hands on. Um, and, but my heart was in modifying them and building them. And, um, and the ones I was selling, well, as, when I would sell one, they would see my Jeep sitting there and they, and they would say, I want that lift kit. I want those tires and wheels. I want those bumper, uh, that bumper. I want, you know, whatever doodad it may be. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I quickly realized, oh my God, I need to start a second business <laughs> and, uh, I need to open up a Jeep, uh, a Jeep store, toy store basically. Right. And, uh, so my focus shifted to that. I didn't know how to make money in that. I didn't have any background in business. Um, I was learning as I went and, uh, um, and, and it was tough. I mean, I, I think for the first three to four years, I did a lot of projects and I paid to do those projects. I, because there was no book on what could you charge for custom? What, you know, what would something like this cost? And, and a lot of times, you know, if you could sell something for 30 to 40 hours, you'd have 350 to 400 into it, for goodness sakes. It was, it was a, um, very expensive, uh, learning curve. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, very rewarding, uh, but you, you kept telling yourself, "Okay, now I know, and now I've I've learned, and this is, you know, this is how that needs to be." And it, it just kept evolving and evolving and evolving till we now build what I believe to be the greatest jeeps in the world. Um, I can't even get in a stock one anymore, and and not critique and how <laughs> poor the qual ride quality uh -huh. is, how poor the steering is, how poor the the overall experiences um, compared to the Jeeps we're building now, I've become kind of a Jeep snob, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And I, I would say <laughs> uh, I was really surprised at the the ride uh, quality of the uh, the XJ, the 98 XJ that I have, and uh, the 2021 Gladiator. So uh, a lot of things have changed in a number of years, but, uh, but you guys even uh, tweak it more than that. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, no, we, we go through and we've, we've partnered up with some of the best um, companies in the industry and we're using literally the very, very best parts we can get our hands on. Um, but our, we've, we've engineered the suspension for our program. It's, it, um, it's, it's designed for the additional 550 pounds of weight on the front axle and the thrust of, of the Hemi. So, it's um it's tuned for for the sprung weight and for the um 
for the power and uh, the steering, um, uh, upgrading the steering to a one and a half ton steering, you know, eight piston caliper brakes, 14 and a half inch rotors, um, forged wheels. Um, we go through the interior, we do bumpers and recovery. I mean, it's a, it's a turnkey program. These are turnkey vehicles that um, are very special. And uh, when, when we build for inventory, they're very, very, very custom. But when the customer comes to us and is willing to wait the amount of time it takes to build one, we do a lot of special things for them. You know, we add the colors they want, you know, into the headlights, into the um, badging, into the trim and, and the interior. And um, we build, put build plates on them. And, um, you know, it's very, uh, very documented process. Um, we're hoping to launch our build registry on our website um, here in the next three to four months, uh, that facet of the website will hopefully be live. And um, it's pretty, pretty crazy. There's, we're on six continents now. And I mean, every day is, uh, is exciting. It's, uh, it's amazing the reach that we're getting. And, and that, this has all happened organically for the most part. Um, Sean joined us and he, his job, it seemed like kind of dropped a little bit when he saw that, you know, where we were, we were at with zero marketing. Um, so he's <laughs> very excited <laughs> having a field day, I think, uh, with what he can do with his background. Mm -hmm. So, man, I wish we could say that because uh, we need a lot of marketing to <laughs> for our show. Uh, we got a really, yeah, yeah. really good show, but we need a lot of marketing for it. I'm, mm -hmm. I guess your work speaks for itself. That's what I was hoping uh, for the show. So let me just uh, let me throw it a does, and I was just going to say, it's, you know, it's been very much. It's one of those businesses that grows by word of mouth. Uh -huh. um, we have great customers that that buy our vehicles and when they love them they tell their friends and those friends tell their friends and so between that and um we've been very lucky in the social space because it's fun to see and hear about fast jeeps and powerful jeeps so um, we've gotten a lot of good um you know leads from our from our social channels but it's still a it's still a very you know new brand um and you know could really you know just talking with you tonight i would it'll be great we'll get a number of new folks that probably have never heard of america's most wanted four by four they'll come check us out and then they'll be begging their wife or their husband <laughs> <laughs> for their next toy that's right <laughs> So if I can make a, I can give you a, a million dollar Jeep talk show idea. We do these things occasionally. And I bet you this isn't a unique idea that you've probably heard it before or even thought about it. So I, I think it will only cost you a $245,000, a uh, thousand horsepower gladiator. But I would get, <laughs> I would get Tim Allen on board so that you could license to use his, uh, 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 caveman grunt, if you will, from he's, he's very famous for. Because that and should, you, uh, that should be the noise. A, we do need a new mnemonic. I was actually thinking about that a couple of weekends ago, and I'm like, we need a mnemonic. All good brands have a mnemonic, so that would be funny. I bet you Tim would do it because he loves fast and, yeah. <laughs> and cool. And uh, I, I told him one. I told him one time on Twitter because he was driving a. I think it was a, a Trailhawk uh, or, or not a Trailhawk, a, a Trackhawk. Uh, uh, not Gladiator. Um, uh, TRX. No, well, maybe but it was a, uh, a the. Oh God, I can't believe I'm, I'm the Grand Cherokee. Uh, he was yeah, driving, track a, yeah, Trackhawk track Grand Cherokee. And yeah. I said, uh, I said you should be driving a, a better, more of a Jeep, uh, an off-road Jeep. He goes, I keep telling him. 
So, uh, so he needs to be in a real four wheel drive, not one of those. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Grand Cherokees, the fast ones are really cool, but, uh, so anyway, that's tell my, me what, that, tell me what his address is and we'll ship him a, a, a demon powered gladiator for him to test drive for a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be great. Wouldn't it? So, uh, let me, let me jump you over here to the AMW 505 conversion. And I'm pretty sure you've already answered this question. So, like, if I wanted this uh, 505 conversion in my Gladiator, I could just drop the Gladiator off to one of these facilities around the the country or even around the world. But, of course, I'm in the United States. And they could put this engine uh, in my Gladiator. And or I could buy one of the turnkey systems that you guys already have uh, available. So it's either convert it or buy something you already have built. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that, that's correct. So um, our, 50, our AMW 505 package is based off the 392 platform, um, and that's 505 horsepower, and, uh, and, and your Gladiator would be perfect for that. Absolutely. Now, what happens with the, the eight-speed automatic transmission? Is that replaced as well, or, or will this mate up to that? No. So we, we do replace your eight-speed with a bigger eight-speed. So for that for that package, we use the um, ZF um, 8HP 75 out of the Ram 2500 pickup truck. So that means uh, more. Uh, what about the transfer case? Is the transfer case the that trans- comes in the Gladiator uh, enough to handle the, the 475 we, uh, we, feet pound of torque? We use the Rubicon transfer case. So if your Jeep was not a Rubicon, we would um, upgrade it to a Rubicon transfer case. And then we upgrade the input support housing to a 6061 billet uh, um, hard-code anodized uh, adapter, which is uh, basically allows for the power to transfer into the tran- uh, transfer case smoothly uh, versus having a die cast input support housing now that billet uh, input support housing is a very rigid part um, and allows for safe transfer of power okay now say i wanted an atlas transfer case in there is that something you guys could do as well yeah we could absolutely put an atlas in there and all of this no matter what you do it's going to be different drive shafts both front and rear correct so our kit is set up so if you were just to send your jeep to a stock it, we would re- we could retain those drive shafts the drive shaft measurements don't change until we go into like the demon conversion um we 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 slip into a little bit different transmission the trackhawk transmission in fact and um and then uh that'll that requires uh requires a little bit longer um front front drive line and a little bit shorter rear drive line so there are dealerships jeep dealerships ford dealerships land rover dealerships we've even got kia and um uh mitsubishi dealerships that sell our vehicles our jeeps um brand new jeep can you know it would be like, like i shipped a 2022 uh two weeks ago to sarasota to the land rover dealership um but uh um we we uh, that run the stock drive shafts. So, so there's some, we have some entry level programs for the dealerships where they want to retain, uh, they want to keep it as price point as possible. Sure. I mean, it's a very expensive vehicle. I, the, the, um, Hellcat gladiators that are being sold down, I, I've sold probably 15 of them 
down in the uh, Sarasota area through that Land Rover dealership down there. <laughs> um, they uh, their entry level and uh, as entry level as one hundred and thirty nine thousand to one hundred and forty nine thousand dollar vehicle can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've actually once they've sold them, we've probably five or six of them probably have made their way back to us for us to do our eight lug and steering conversion on them. So the Jeeps that have left uh, that we're building for the dealerships are um, a lot of them are five lug axles still um, and generally have 37 inch tires on them. But once people buy them, they end up on our website and they say, oh man, I wanted the 40s, you know, 40 inch tires. And we won't run 40 inch tires on stock axles. It's just a liability. Right. So if they want to do that, they have to up upgrade to the big, um, big axles, the big brakes, the big steering, and the eight lug uh, wheels. So yeah, now, we really. Um, I was going to say we really, um, we really pride ourselves in our customer service and really getting to know um, our customers, and that's either you know directly customers that we talk to directly or customers that we you know through our certified installer program um but we really we ask a lot of questions and we try to really understand what that 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 jeep owner wants you know how they're going to use their jeep and you know daily driver you know um hardcore off-road you know we really try to listen and then try to build them the right package for them and let them know what the capabilities are, you know, and to Jared's point, you know, sometimes it's about, you know, I just want it to, to drive on the road and there's a price point, you know, somebody else, you know, they just want to have the best of the best, no matter what. Right. But we really try to get it, you know, so they're happy with it. Um, we really pride ourselves in those, you know, they come back for a second vehicle, they come back for a vehicle for their, for their spouse, um, you know, they tell their, you know, they tell their Jeep group, you know, and we get another lead. Oh, yeah. That's a, it's very important to that word of mouth that we were talking about. So uh, when you're running the uh, the 37-inch the uh, wheels, the, I'm sorry, 37-inch uh, tires, do you, and it has the 373 gears and the Dana 44 front and rear, at least on the Gladiator, do you leave it at that? Or, I mean, is that an option? Of course, I'm thinking with 40s, you change the axles, obviously you're going to go to uh, a lower gear in the diff. But uh, do you run this thing with the 373s or do you make them go to 410, 456 or something along those lines? So the majority of our builds, um, because you're at the end of the day, you know, people often, I get this question a lot. And um, at the end of the day, we have to remember that our passion is, uh, evolves around an aerodynamically challenged brick. Well, I'll remind you of the, the, uh, the Phantom. It was a brick that flew, and you put enough horsepower or enough j- thrust behind it, and that brick will move. That bus will move. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it, these transmissions and all these vehicle platforms, and if, uh, if you look at our program, it's our our partner our biggest partner is mopar and our powertrains and we are are 85 to 90 percent mopar and um in that pro you know and what we're doing is is we're dipping into other production vehicles may it be whether it's a a ram a challenger charger a track hawk um uh you know or a um I mean, any any V8, you know, Mopar Hemi V8 vehicle, we, we are using pieces and parts from 
from many platforms and their platforms the are the gear ratios in these transmissions are set up to run a certain uh, with a certain weight and a certain tire size and uh, to meet you know the best uh, fuel economy that they can get for the performance that they are so what we've found is anything with 37 inch tires um, or to 40 inch tires east of the Mississippi, you know, uh, you know, cause it's pretty flat for the most part over this way, other than getting through Kentucky or Tennessee or something, but, um, it, we're running 488 gears, but when we go past that uh, point, when we get past the Mississippi, we're really pushing the 538 gears, um, you, with the elevation, um, and some of the heat and stuff the engines just burn uh, uh more efficiently running a little bit higher rpm and then you get up into the altitude where um air um the air is thinner um the oxygen is thinner and uh, they just um the deeper gear is the way to go so 48 to 538s um i would say 95 percent of our vehicles are 488 to 538. So my question is, is that part of the conversion, like this AW, uh, AMW 505 conversion? Is it uh, changing the, the diff uh, years as well, well, or is that an add-on? If you're looking at just the engine conversion, no. If you're looking at an AMW 505 turnkey vehicle, yes. Okay, so, so the, I'm looking at the AMW 505 conversion package. Okay. So, yep, that would not, that does not address the axles because we're not sure what size tire you're going to run or, okay. or um, just the size of the lift or anything. So, that is, that is just the powertrain segment of the vehicle building process. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, but that often, often that conversation, <laughs> once you get past the engine, the next conversation is, you know, do you want to upgrade your axles and, um, and suspension? And so, and a lot of them, a lot of people do, right? Once they, once they kind of are like, all right, I want the horsepower. They also, you know, for the most part are, you know, upgrading in some other areas also. Right, right. Because if you want the horsepower, I mean, you can make room, room sounds with it. But if you don't have the right, right gear, overall gear ratio, you're not going to get that uh, breakneck 3G uh, press on your, uh, on your chest uh, experience. <laughs> right. right. So that's why Jared, you know, Jared said you know, over 90% are, are actually, you know, they're making that upgrade in, in one way or another. Oh, often. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not seeing something on here, and I'm, I'm happy that I don't see it. I'm hoping you guys are gonna, not going to tell me, oh, yeah, that's in it. I don't see the word turbo on, on this 505, and I don't think I saw it on any of the other ones. You guys are not using turbos to increase the horsepower. Uh, they're superchargers. We don't use turbos. We do superchargers. So how does that affect the uh, its off-road ability? It doesn't affect it at all. It's uh, it's it's just it's just um, it's just like a Hellcat in a TRX or a, um, a Trackhawk. Um, it doesn't affect anything because under the lower RPMs, that um, there's a blow-off valve, and it just um, under low RPMs, it's really running under this naturally aspirated portion of the engine. It's not until your higher RPMs uh, where that tur you know the um, the belt uh, really starts uh, working the screws, and um, everything is com 
controlled by the computer now. So there's a there's the throttle body, and then there's a, the what appears to be another throttle body, but it's basically a blow off uh, valve. It's a bypass valve, and um, and they function incredibly well off road. Uh, I we hear this all the time. Well, I think I think seven hundred, I think eight hundred horsepower is too much off road. It's not. It's it. We don't have any customers that have these vehicles or these conversions saying they have too much power off road. Nobody ever says that. <laughs> no, That's not. A, nobody would ever say it's too no, much power. No, it's just not even. What a I, thing. But what I will say is, they love to hear them spin up, and they love that sound. So oh, on the yeah. trail, you know we're coming, and they love it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm looking at the 475 uh, foot pound of torque, and I'm thinking, you know, that's wonderful having that off road. Uh, but I, the, the, my always my concern always with the, at least with the turbos is is that you don't have that uh, instantly. It has to spool up. So if you're crawling over rocks and you're bumping it along, uh, you really don't get that all that torque for off road. And that was my, why I was asking how does that uh, translate into off road use? I mean, certainly on road you get it because you have time for it to spool up because you're probably going down a, a long road and you get plenty of time to spool up and and and, and hit it. But uh, that, that's why I was real happy not to see turbo on there, because I like nat- naturally aspirated engines, especially when they're boasting nearly 500 uh, feet pound of torque. Correct. Yep. All right, good. So the other question I have for you is, do you have to do any modification to the frame? Do you have to beef it up with uh, all this additional uh, torque and horsepower? So we do do a re we rework the engine cradle and engine mounting system um, that uh, so it gets a new engine cradle that has some gusseting and some uh, plating in there and then we run on our engine mounts our motor mounts are very rigid they're actually um, cabin chassis um, like Ram fifty five hundred Ram forty five hundred fifty five hundred cabin chassis motor mounts. And, um, so that, so it gets hard mounted in there, um, uh, with that, um, there's enough isolation, so it's not rattling your teeth out, um, <laughs> but it's a very rigid, um, rigid mount. Um, and then we run the, um, the OEM, uh, gladiator, uh, trans mount. So, which is more of a nested mount. So we're getting, uh, we're, we're getting, um, the road drivability, out of the trans mount where the engine's pretty hard mounted up there with just just enough so you're not feeling it in in the uh steering wheel or in the driver's seat Mm -hmm. so yep so it's 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 a great uh it's a great setup um that's we started using this system back with the 2007 wranglers and then it evolved to where the more power as these engines went from the non VVT five sevens to the VVT five sevens to the six one to the six four. And then we dropped into the Hellcats. Um, the, uh, we started realizing that we needed, um, we wanted to go a little hard mount the engine a little bit more because with that power, um, it's, it's, uh, we didn't want, we didn't want the engine, shifting around it with the cleavite uh in there so um it's it was it's always been a work in progress um the first system we designed lasted all the way up until um january of 2020 it might have been march of 2020 we ended up switching over to um the cabin chassis motor mounts so 
and we did that as just being proactive. We never had any issues uh, with uh, with our original mounting system. In fact, we still use our original mounting system on our on our 2007 to 2018 JKs. Very nice. And I would assume that uh, there's a certain uh, octane fuel that you need to put in these uh, these. This is this wouldn't be the low, the cheap stuff, which nothing's cheap nowadays. But I would imagine <laughs> you have to go with a little higher octane stuff. Yeah, all our, our cows are based on uh, our cows are based on ninety one uh, ninety one to ninety three octane. So um, the uh, more the the forced induction um, engine conversions um, packages are uh, they are. <clears throat> They, they would take a higher octane and self-adjust, but you wouldn't ever want to put a lower octane in. Right. So, so I don't think I mentioned the price. Uh, we, I've mentioned the uh, AMW505 conversion package. The price is $37,995 installed. So, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful engine. In fact, I, uh, I I would suspect a lot of people would just like to have a clear hood or no hood so they could drive around with this thing. But, but, I, but <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I it's so it's so sad when you do a, a modification to a Jeep that you know is important and it, it makes a big difference, but nobody knows it's there but you. <laughs> well, there's other things. There's other ways to display the horsepower. Oh so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, have you? Has anybody done a a four wheel drive burnout? <laughs> yes, yes, they have. So, if you Google, um, we did. We built a um, uh, in two thousand nineteen. We built a Jeep for um, Dynatrack. It was a um, we we shortened the Gladiator. It was a it was the first Hellcat Gladiator, and we turned it into a, a right, um, extended cab. So we shortened it about 22 inches and um that jeep you could probably google code x c-o-d-e-x um four-wheel burnout and that was done with um god i hope i don't get this wrong i think it was done with nitto tires so um it's been a while since i did it code x burnout oh yeah well <laughs> Our our listeners will look that up because uh, I uh, I've I've seen a four wheel drive uh, a four wheel burnout uh, before. There was a place uh, here locally that you could drive. The kids would go out and drive their vehicles up and down uh, the strip, and uh, there was uh, at least one four wheel drive did that one time, and I was very impressed by by that. And I really don't know how it didn't fly apart, frankly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I I googled Codex burnout and uh, it popped right up. It was. Patagonia tires, so I apologize. <laughs> oh, no problem. That, well, yeah. you know, Nitto had their chance. They could have done been there, but they weren't. So, you know, the hell with them. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we're, we're a big fan of the Nittos. Uh, Nittos and the Maxis is our go-to for tires. So, um, there's been some supply chain issues, but those are the two tires that our, all of our turnkey vehicles are built with, are Nitto or, or Maxxis. Oh, okay. So. Very cool. So let me ask you this. Uh, any, and I know people ask you this all the time, uh, any plans for a diesel conversion? Well, we do our AMW 8 lug um, uh, package for diesels. And uh, um so if somebody were had a diesel gladiator, a diesel Wrangler, we would absolutely um, build a conversion vehicle for them. Um, I used to be more involved in the diesel stuff. In fact, I got one of the first five 
um, Cummins 2.8 liter diesels that that was actually gifted to us to launch that program. So we did a diesel conversion in a Comanche, uh, so similar to your XJ, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and I actually have a large collection of diesel Egyptian military jeeps called the Jeep J8. Um, I own nine of those. I think I remember seeing one of those. Yeah. Yeah, so if you if you were to Google Jeep J8, I think I probably have the largest collection of those in the world. I'd have to believe so. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, we're 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 not against diesels. I can tell you the guys that own the diesel Wranglers and diesel Gladiators are ca calling us pretty consistently now, asking us to to pull them out and put Hemi's in them. So that, uh, what's that tell you? Well, diesel's a lot more expensive to put in there too. Um, and, and they don't go as fast, but boy, that, uh, that off-road torque is nice. So let me ask you this. Uh, I think it's Dubai where they run those uh, uh, big engines up the sand dunes, the, the big sand dunes. Are, are you guys out there? You got some customers in, uh, in the Dubai area? Oh, yeah. We do. We, got, we do. We actually were just, when we were out of SEMA, we were actually meeting with some of the, those folks. So um, you, Jared's had a couple of different you know, customers that have um, – you know, bought conversion kits from us, um, packages, as well as, you know, there's interest in, in actually buying full, you know, turnkey vehicles. Oh, I, I have no doubt. As long as you're just not out on the highway uh, with uh, with them up on two two side wheels, you know, the front and the rear. I hate <laughs> <Right>. seeing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is just really, really cool. And it sounds like to me, uh, Jared, that you, you just had a passion. Uh, it was something fun. And a lot of people started agreeing with you. And uh, they wanted to get in, in on the fun, but not so much the work side of it, just the driving and, and fun part of uh, having the vehicle. So uh, what a great success story. I'm, I'm really glad you guys are doing so well. And I'm really glad to, to see that there's still people out there that uh, aren't interested in, uh, you know, how many uh, hyper miles they can get out of their, uh, their uh, two-cylinder engine. You know what I mean? It's... <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, one, no. one interesting, one of the things I was, you know, I was listening to some of your other, you know, podcasts, and I know there was a lot of interest when Jeep came out with a three ninety two, right? And, right? and folks, and they're very interested. And, and Jared's, um, we've had some interesting experiences with folks that have just bought those, and they're super excited, and then somehow they come across our site, maybe to. To do some upgrade on their axles or suspension and and then they realize that they can get more horsepower they don't have the largest horsepower vehicle maybe even in their neighborhood and we've done a number where they've traded those in and and bought a hellcat or a demon right from us right then and there and mm -hmm. they've only had it for you know a week right yeah. well we have a, a jeep talk show team member actually two one just got a 392 he had a perfectly good uh, a, a Rubicon uh, JLU, and he got an, another one, but it's a 392, and he's really enjoying it. And uh, another Jeep Talk Show team member lives close to him, and now he wants to upgrade his JK to uh, a Hemi or something. So I'm sure as soon as he hears this, he's going to be on your site looking at it because <laughs> he was thinking LS. And I did. I, did, I went and looked at some LS swaps, and I went, oh, my God, the 392 has so much more torque and power than uh, any at least stock ls i mean you'd have to do a lot to it uh and i was really that, surprised you really hit the nail on the head right there too uh, there's a couple advantages uh one the the hemis are just torque monsters and this kind of goes back to my when i referenced 
navigating an aerodynamically challenged, uh, you know, brick, mm -hmm. uh, you know, vehicle. Or, you know, these things are so heavy. They're so tall. They're, there's nothing aerodynamically aerodynamic about them at all. And people get hung up on this horsepower thing. And uh, I, I'll give you an example. It, uh, our AMW 1000 package, uh, the Elephant uh, crate engine, we, we were, when we were putting this thing together, we're like, God, what's this thing going to get? Five miles to the gallon? I mean, in the back of my mind, I was like, is this thing just going to be a novelty? Right. Or, is it, or, or is this going to be drivable? I mean, I'd never driven anything with a thousand horsepower when we started, when we started that program. You know, I, I, I called the, um, the Hellcats my uh, soul cleanser, and I called the Demons my soul clencher. So I and and I was like, well, what the heck is this elephant going to be all about, you know? And how, what kind of fuel economy is it going to get? So we put this th this in there, and we get fill up the tank, and this is the fast version, of course. And uh, we hit the open road to put some miles on this thing and start dialing in the tune and stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, we're averaging 13, 14 miles to the gallon on the highway with this seven thousand pound vehicle, and and and. It, so you think, oh my God, this thousand horsepower would get absolutely horrible fuel economy, the, but at at seventy five miles an hour, it's only commanding six percent throttle. Right. And and but what's holding it there is literally the torque. I mean, it's a it's the torque, and and, and you so you hit the nail on the head when looking at the LSs. You could put a you could put a eight hundred horsepower LS in, and I bet yeah off-road in the corners coming out of a, a, a sandy corner a 500 horsepower hemi is gonna scoop past it every single time because of the torque right uh it's like a tractor engine i mean it's and that's what you need with these jeeps it's don't get i'd say don't get so hung up on the horsepower you need to focus more on the torque oh, and absolutely. that's why yeah and then the second advantage to the Hemi platform in a Jeep is, it's the DNA, the same DNA. So uh, in terms of cruise control, forward collision, adaptive cruise, and all the, you know, all the bells and whistles and com um, feature uh, comfort uh, feature features. Yep, yeah, feature comforts. Um, that stuff is so seamlessly integrated. So this is a very, very OEM um program that has our three-year warranty but being that it's 85 to 90 percent mopar they're all brand new blue chip mopar parts we're even backed by a secondary layer of mopar warranty so um it's uh it's really the way to go now uh, for form performance fit and finish and functionality reliability and overall experience yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I, I think somebody was showing me a, a picture of a, a plastic bucket, if you will. It was a case, but they had all this wiring in there because they had converted to an LS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it had this little place where it was all tucked away, you know, in a nice little Tupperware container or something. But, uh, yeah, the wiring could just drive you up the wall. So that's a, that's very interesting to know that it's it's more of a, a factory thing because of, like you say, the DNA. It's from the same folks that... Uh, made the vehicle, so uh, or, or at least are part of making the vehicle. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah, and it's important that when somebody invests this kind of money into something that 
that they're not stuck tinkering on it all the time. You know, we, you, you invest this kind of money, you want the reliability to be there, the durability to be there, and the experience to be a rewarding one at all times. It's kind of like my boat. If I'm going to go use my boat, I don't want to be tinkering on it. I want to exactly. make sure it's got fuel in it. I turn the key and I go out and enjoy the sun. And, you know, and, so and when you get out there a mile offshore, you want to be able to get back to on the shore. <laughs> of course, absolutely. <laughs> well, and you know, this is this is why I asked the very first thing was about reliability because yeah. I know from, from doing stuff like this when I was younger that you you wind up on the side of the road doing stuff. I mean, because you because you did it, you know what to do and you know how to get around it and, and limp back home. But when you're selling these things to people. <laughs> they're not going to be messing with that stuff. They're going to expect it to run. So, yeah, that's no. I, and I was sure I was sure that you were very reliable. But I I figured that it, when it first started, it was like, oh, holy crap! Yeah, I got to do yeah. this. Got to do this. Got to do this. <laughs> yeah. No, our customer base is for the most part. We have you know we do business with a lot of successful uh, people, and but and a lot of them are extremely intelligent to the point to. They could work on their own vehicle if they wanted to, but they've put that responsibility in America's Most Wanted 4x4's hands, and and we want to exceed that uh, expectation. Sure. So. Oh, I see something here that stands out uh, very, very well to me because I had a 72 Nova that I put a 327 in it. And uh, oh, it was so much fun. I didn't have enough money to do the rest of the drivetrain to, uh, to do it the right way. But still, even with the 327 in there, uh, it was a lot of fun until I broke the main cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I, and then I found out what those four bolt main caps were for. <laughs> and, I see yeah. that, and I see that's why here is uh, on this uh, uh, AMW 505 conversion. That's, that's an important thing, folks, especially if you have your foot on the gas pedal as much as I like to do it. And uh, oh, that's one of the reasons why I got into trucks and then Jeeps is because uh, if, it's a, if it's a fast car, I will drive it fast. And I, I guarantee you, if I had one of these, I would drive it very fast. And if it handled well, handled well I'd be in and around things to scare into holy crap out of people. Yeah, it's, it's incredible the way these vehicles handle and S-curves. I We have a um, couple little S-curves right not far from the shop, and when I'm doing vehicle testing, I, I make sure I go hit them S-curves at <laughs> 70 to 90 miles an hour and smile every single time. Do they say, so. do they say but Jared, you've already tested that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, can't hear you. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys know how the kids love the uh, the, the social media these days. How, how can people find you? They want to be able to look at these things and see them in use and stuff. Where where can they go? Yeah. So um, for Facebook, it's um, this one. You actually spell it out. It's America's Most Wanted 4x4. On Instagram, it's AMW 4x4. And then um, check out all our YouTube videos. We've got a lot of them up there. We've got some really good ones. Um, We've done some partnerships with the light bright folks and they've done some really cool walk arounds and, and we've built a couple of vehicles for them. So, um, yeah, come check out our, you know, come check out our social channels and come, you know, check out the, the website and, and start building your Christmas list. There are so uh -huh. many, so many great, uh, people that we've interviewed all up in your area, your neck of the woods. I'm down here in the Houston area, the Southeast Texas. 
And I guess it's good that you guys are that far away because I'd be I'd be standing around there with a, a drink in my hand, going, "What's that thing? Did you torque that?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> when, when's so Jared doing another test drive? <laughs> so if you are interested in in meeting up with us and doing a test drive, we do Barrett Jackson in Houston. So if oh, that's cool. If that if you wanted to come over and we could get you a pass and get you into the event and. And we could let you drive a, a Wrangler and a, and a Gladiator with some uh, big gas engines in them. Oh, so. that would be so cool. Thank you very much for that. I was just yeah, giving you a hard time, but, uh, oh, I would just love to hang around, just watch the stuff, because it's just, I love this stuff. It's just so damned interesting. And I think, um, Sean can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we're hashtagging AMW 4x4 on most posts, so that may be an easy way to find some of our video and and uh photography online i don't know if that's a good right. way to do it or not so yeah. well i think youtube is great because uh, youtube definitely has the audio and you know you got to be able to hear that uh that uh i didn't even ask about the exhaust system i think on the, the thousand horsepower gladiator i know i saw something other than stock uh uh exhaust hanging out the back of that thing oh yeah three and a half inch exhaust if you googled amw four by four cold start you would definitely see some cold starts we've we've probably got in the neighborhood of 1150 to 1200 of these conversions on the road now and and wow. it, uh, some of the google searches will bring up some of that so yeah and 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 it don't forget folks you can't make it suck in more air without letting more air out so you got to uh, change the exhaust <laughs> system whenever you <laughs> when you're yeah, sucking right. more in it's just the air pump folks <laughs> Well, it's been really great talking with you this evening. I really appreciate you guys uh, including me in the call. And uh, I look forward to seeing your um, uh, or hearing this podcast. And uh, I think um, Sean will, will drop a link to this on our social. And hopefully you'll get another thousand or two um listeners excellent excellent i'm sure our our listeners are going to be very interested in hearing about this because like i said this is a tim allen thing more power more power thank you guys so much thank you guys so much for being here with us and uh next time i see tim which is never i'll let him know about you (laughs) thank you thanks for having us yep have a good night Hey, it was great speaking with uh, Sean and Jared of America's Most Wanted 4x4.com. My God, Chris, could you imagine either, either picking up one of those Jeeps that they had their Hemi already installed in or having your Jeep uh, with a, a Hemi installed in it? That would just be amazing and such a dream, I think, for uh, not only uh, Jeepers, but a lot of people that really like uh, the the horsepower that you get from a naturally aspirated uh, V8. It would just be so cool. I, I, and I know the electric uh, motors are going to dwarf these internal combustion s- systems in the future, uh, but not right now, not yet. Uh, if you want power and you want real grunt, uh, that's something that you can drive hundreds of miles on or yeah, maybe maybe that might be far for if you have a heavy a heavy foot on a, one of these hemis but uh, you can drive it a lot further in one of these vehicles than you can with an electric vehicle and oh my god the sound and the smell and all that stuff would just be wonderful oh absolutely and that it's a great a great jeep uh if the 392 just doesn't quite do it for you uh america's most wanted does the the hemi swaps the srt uh the the um, I'm 
blanking on the name of the the supercharged versions, the Helifant. I mean, if you if you have the uh, the money, you can put an eleven hundred horsepower Helifant engine <laughs> in your Gladiator or uh, four door JL. Um, I do know uh, following their social media in the past months, they did do their first conversion of a supercharged Hemi and a two door JL. Uh, I got to imagine that thing would pull the front tires, or at least pull pull one of the front tires up when you got on it. Uh, I have uh, seen a uh, four wheel drive burnout in public before, and uh, I didn't really understand at my age at that time uh, the the potential damage that you could be doing <laughs> at any mm-hmm. any moment, especially since the the front end axle is is never as stout as the rear end stack, uh, axle. Well, I say never. Generally speaking, it isn't. And uh, all that pressure, especially uh, on the, it's a good way to test out your drivetrain. Let's say it that way. Well, and with that, to that point, America's Most Wanted do, don't, not only does the, the Hemi conversion and the supercharged Hemi, uh, they do upgrade the drivetrain. Uh, Dana 80, I saw, I did have a chance, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I got a chance to meet Sean twice, once at Toledo Jeep Fest and again at uh, Four Fest uh, last year in 22. And uh, the, the Gladiators that he had out there had Dana 80 rear and a Dana 70, I believe, front. Uh, so that one, I think you could, for funsies and to show off, you could get away with a few four-wheel drive burnouts. And you might not even need to chain it to a building. Because uh, like you, I've seen the four-wheel drive burnouts, uh, not in person, but uh, um, a lot of times the vehicle's chained to a building or maybe another vehicle or, right. or a high or something. But uh, yeah, the America's Most Wanted is, is just... Uh, um, amazing to, like you said, see, uh, see and hear. Uh, I've, I've seen them um, not off-road, but on the road. Uh, I did see one. Uh, there's a local dealer that works with America's Most Wanted, and uh, one of their sales managers came out to a, a Cars and Coffee event uh, a couple years ago, and uh, it was just a beautiful sound just hearing him pull away <laughs> yeah. from the event and the big orange gladiator. Uh, it wasn't red, but it was it was red-orange um, It with that uh, supercharged semi, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful sound. So I don't know if if this happens across the country or, or happened across the country. Uh, you remember the movie American Graffiti, and Absolutely. where they would take out their vehicles and drive up and down a strip to to see and be seen. Uh, there was a similar thing to that in Baytown, where I'm from, Baytown, Texas, and uh, it was uh, I forget what it was called now. I think they actually just called it the Baytown Strip, but it's been a number of years. They literally made this section of uh, old downtown into a, uh, a series of S's so people couldn't drag race because that's what used to happen shortly, uh, maybe four or five years before I became uh, of the age where I, would, uh, I could, was driving and I could go over there myself. So they had the, the, all these businesses. It was just a, a winding road in front of all these businesses into old downtown and that's what you do. Uh, you'd work on your vehicle all week, uh, maybe uh, whether it was paint or the engine or the tires, or you know you save up for the the, the large uh, rear tires for your vehicle on the car, and uh, polish your your wheels and get it all ready for uh, Friday and Saturday night uh, to to drive up and down the strip. And it was just driving up and down and to be seen. And that's where I saw a, a Toyota pickup do a, a four wheel drive burnout. So. Not only was it not chained to a building or anything else, it uh, it had to do a very limited uh, forward movement because it was going. It wasn't going straight. It was it was essing. You know, you had to s through there, and it was really cool. It was a fun thing to do, and 
Uh, I'm, I'm glad I was able to do that because I don't think that really exists anymore. It's hard to do that on social media, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you probably get busted. Well, there's uh, video evidence. Oh, very true. Oh, that would be so much fun to actually have video evidence of that. Oh, uh, speaking of meeting people, you got to meet uh, uh, a, a gentleman that works at AEV out there at the uh, the uh, Detroit uh, Snowfest, uh, part of fourfestevents.com. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Jim Morrison's son uh, works for AEV as one of the sales managers, so it was neat speaking with him. And uh, uh, so, it, uh, obviously, Jeep runs in the uh, the Morrison family, and uh, Jeep has uh, uh, been a longtime partner with AEV. Uh, and, um, so yeah, that was that was neat, and I think there's some be some some new things coming for Jeep from AEV and uh, in the future. So just just really neat, and I've been fortunate to visit AEV a few times to have some of their product on my JK, and uh, they're continuing to evol- evolve their product line for the JL and the JT, uh, as well as the Ram. I mean, it's in the Stellantis family. So if you need a tow rig, uh, get a Ram to tow your Jeep or Jeeps, and uh, AEV can hook you up in that way too. Very cool. Uh, it, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of poo-pooed going out to, and meeting uh, people at events and stuff, but it certainly has paid off for us. You going to Toledo Jeep Fest and meeting Tom and uh, us getting uh, Jim Orson on the show, uh, which, by the way, I, I understand that uh, he's willing to do it again, so I guess he didn't get enough punishment the first time. <laughs> it was a great interview, and if you guys haven't heard that, you should uh, uh, look in our back catalog for, for uh, that great interview with uh, Tom and Jim and uh, many other things that uh, have gone on that you've uh, you've probably missed with uh, over uh, 700 episodes. There's a, a lot to uh, look at in our uh, our back catalog. Uh, so, Chris, I want to remind everybody that next week we'll be talking with Matt Caldwell of TreadLightly.org, also uh, an organization that Tom is part of. Yes, there was uh, Matt wasn't there, but there were some re- representatives from Tread Lightly. Uh, out at the event so mm-hmm. yeah great great organization tread lightly and uh, obviously as you mentioned friend of the show greg henderson did the quadratech uh, 50 50 50 50 for 50 built for uh, 2022 sema mm-hmm. for the jte uh and that was was uh, done in, in uh, cooperation with tread lightly so yeah great great event looking forward to that interview with matt yeah, it was a good interview, and uh, we've had Matt on before. I think we've had Matt on before. I know we've spoken with Tread Lightly. Maybe it was the first time for Matt. We'll find out next week uh, when we have that interview. Uh, episode 757, uh, Friday, February the 3rd. I wanted to say September. September, that's a new word. <laughs> hey, don't forget, if you'd like to know uh, about our things that are going on on the show, just uh, sign up for a newsletter. It's real easy to sign up for that newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you'll find a link to click and sign up. And don't worry, it is as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. So until next week, we will say see you later. Or if you are a hammer, we'll say 7-3. Broadcasting since 2010. How many people do you think uh, I just called him a hammer, like a hammer and a nail? Did you did you understand what the hammer thing was? No, I immediately like well, I don't the seven three. I, I was going to ask you guys. So ham, hearing that before. Ham radio, amateur radio uh-huh. operator. One of the things you you can say at the end of a conversation is seven three. People will say seventy threes, which is wrong because seven three means best wishes. So if you say seven threes are seventy threes, that's like best wishes and okay. you absolutely never say seventy thirds unless you're a dumbass CBer. Okay. <laughs>
but what's the seven three? What is that? Is that code or? Uh, well, I, I suspect because a lot of uh, that used to be uh, in the amateur radio world, you had to do Morse code. You you could uh, not get a, a license without Morse code. And uh, 7-3 is how you would sign uh, the conversation uh, when you're co- communicating with somebody through Morse code. So it was a very, I don't know, the, the series of uh, dots and dashes had a very distinctive sound. Uh, it was just a code that was used uh, in CW. And people still use it on amateur radio, but they say seven three. They're actually, you know, saying it with their with their mouth seven three. Okay. Best wishes, like you know, thanks for the conversation and best wishes. Okay, so that seven three would indicate okay, we're done communicating. I'm not going to say anything else. It's seven three and right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And, and sometimes it would be followed by a, a a Q code like QRT, which means going off the air. And since okay. this is the end of our conversation, Chris, I'll say seven three to you. All right. 